So you know what I love most about the month of June? Uh, we're sitting here and we can now say that we are basically three months away, almost to the day, depending on what day you're consuming this show, from the college football season getting underway. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Oh, man, doesn't that feel so good to say? Now, the college football season uh, begins, by the way, on Saturday, September 3rd. That's when everything gets into full swing. Now, you may say to yourself, well, hold on a second here. Hold on a second here. We've got games that are starting earlier. And that's true if you're a fan base of a certain team. But, you know, I, I am always of the opinion the first Saturday is really when the college football season starts to me. That's not a knock on West Virginia taking on Pitt in the backyard brawl on the 1st of September. That's going to be a great Thursday night matchup. I can't wait for it. All right. But I'm just saying, uh, Oklahoma State's taking on Central Michigan that same night. You've got Kansas and Tennessee Tech on Friday night. I feel like Kansas always ends up in that Friday night uh, game opening week in in a non-conference matchup. Nothing wrong with it. It's all good. And a sneaky good game, TCU-Colorado. That it, I don't know if good's the right word, but it will be interesting if nothing else. Uh, that's also taking place Friday night, 9 o'clock on September 2nd. But then, then uh, you get the Saturday, the full Saturday slate. And that's the one that I'm always most excited for. When that first full Saturday slate gets underway, that's as good as it gets. Now, it's not a great opening week for the Big 12, but it's just that first Saturday where you sit there and say to yourself, it's here, it's Saturday, I'm watching football, and uh, yeah, it's forgettable for the Big 12. Iowa State, Southeast Missouri, Oklahoma, UTEP, K-State, South Dakota, Baylor, Albany, Texas Tech, Murray State, Texas, uh, Louisiana, Monroe. And five of those six games are on ESPN Plus or Longhorn Network. So, you know, not a great slate here. Uh, But still, just like being there on a Saturday, sitting down, taking in football, it's like, gosh, dang, this feels good. Oh, this feels so good. So we're almost three months of the day out from that day being here. And uh, that is just, if you're a college football fan, you don't want to rush the summer because you love the summer months and you love going to the beach, going to the lake mountains, whatever it is that you do. You don't want to rush it, but when you're sitting there on vacation and hopefully you get some summer vacation and uh, you're doing whatever you do, poolside, beachside, lakeside, in the mountains, and you're reading your favorite preview magazine, you're scrolling heartlandcollegesports.com, whatever it is that you like to do, that is, uh, that's heaven, all right? That's heaven right there. (laughs) That's just as good as it gets. So with that being said, the reason I bring this up is because we've got our first look at the 2022 National Championship odds for who's the best bet in the Big 12 for the upcoming season. And there were four Big 12 teams that made the cut for odds to win the National Championship next year. Oklahoma, the first Big 12 team on the list, seventh best odds coming in at uh, nearly four to one. Then you've got Texas. All right. You've got, and excuse me, four to one. Jeez, try 39 to one. All right. Plus 3,900. Sorry about that. Not four to one odds. I know Oklahoma fans are like, whoa, this is great. Four to one odds to win the Natty. No, 39 to one 
to win the national championship. That was rounding it up. I was like, eh, 3,900, that's basically 4-1. to one. No, 39-1 to one to win the national title for Oklahoma. Then you've got Texas at 68-1 to one to win the national championship. Uh, Oklahoma State is 76-1, to one, and Baylor is 90-1 to one to win the national title. Those were the only odds uh, from Big 12 teams to win the national championship. And that makes sense. I mean, there's nobody else that's, frankly, worthy of being in that group, and um, no one else should be in that group of the Big 12. Now, if you want to look at the very top of the food chain, Alabama's basically 2-1, to one. Uh, Georgia's 3-2, to two. Ohio State, Four, five to one, Clemson twelve to one, A and M, USC are also on that list. But for the Big Twelve, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, first off, if I'm just playing the odds, if I'm looking for a value bet, the value bet here is Baylor at ninety to one. So Baylor just won the Big Twelve in 2021, right? And now you get Blake Shapen taking over at quarterback for Gary Bohannon. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, okay, uh, Gary Bohannon was a nice quarterback, but Gary Bohannon was like your classic game manager. Nothing wrong with a game manager. Game managers can win you a lot of games. Are game managers going to win you national titles? No, they're not. It's just not going to happen. Not going to do it. All right, but now you have Blake Shapin in there. And when Blake Shapin came in last year, I was like, dang, this guy's going to be good. Guy's going to be real good. And to the credit of Dave Aranda, he announced his starter before the season, and he said, you know what? Um, Blake Shapin's going to be my guy, and we're going to roll full steam ahead. And I believe that Blake Shapin is the kind of player who, I'm not saying he's going to cost you a game. I don't know that or necessarily believe that. But the upside is far greater. Gary Bohannon would manage a game, more experience this year, and that's all well and good. But if you want to take this thing to the next level, I believe Blake Shapin's that guy. And you look back to last season, and, uh, I mean, you know, Baylor lost a nail-biter to TCU and lost to Oklahoma State. That was it. I'm not sitting here predicting that Baylor's a, a shoo-in for a Big 12 championship game, but it certainly feels like all the hype, of course, is around Texas, and all the hype, of course, is around Oklahoma. And for some reasons, I understand that. I mean, at some point, you have to say to Texas, can you prove it on the field? My goodness gracious, can you please do that? But for Baylor, you look at this team and you say, okay, uh, non-conference-wise, Texas State-Albany wins at BYU could be tricky in Provo on the road. That's not easy at all. And for their Big 12 road schedule, it's also tough. See, Baylor's schedule is notoriously better in odd years than it is in even years. Think about it. Baylor's been the two of the last three uh, Big 12 championship games, both in odd years. Matt Rule's last season and then this prior season, 2021. Because in odd years, Baylor gets Texas and Oklahoma at home, both teams at home. And then in even years, they have to go on the road to Oklahoma and on the road to Texas. Because in the Big 12, you play a true round robin, you're just rotating home and away every other year. So it's the same essentially who you're playing at home and who you're playing on the road every other season. So this is one of those years where Oklahoma, uh, excuse me, Baylor has to go to Oklahoma in early November and then to Texas on Black Friday with K-State and TCU, a couple of potential dark horses right in between there. That's tough. And they're also going 
to Lubbock and to Iowa State and to Morgantown. The Baylor schedule is notoriously more difficult just because of the road atmospheres they play in in even years than it is in odd years. You've got a long trip to Morgantown. Iowa State's always tough on the road. And then Lubbock, for all of its mediocrity in football, is still considered a difficult place to play where anything can happen. And they've got a very early bye week as well. You've got an October 8th bye week for um, Baylor. And then they basically have uh, almost two weeks off before you have a Thursday night at West Virginia. Then you come home to Kansas. And then it's at Tech, at Oklahoma, K-State, TCU, at Texas. That's a tough stretch there. But as tough as that stretch is, I still believe the Big 12 is going to be such a crapshoot. If I want a value bet to win the Big 12, to win the national title from the Big 12 today, it's the Baylor Bears. It's the Baylor Bears because of what is coming back, because of Dave Aranda, who I have the utmost respect for, and because of the fact that I believe that Dave Aranda is only going to continue to grow that confidence build that especially defense that he's got humming along there on that side of the ball. They've got the Tulsa transfer coming in as well to beef up that defensive line even further, and that is going to create nightmares, absolute nightmares for offensive lines in the Big 12 Conference. Now I look at these other three teams, and I say, okay, uh, Oklahoma, I understand, but I think there's something that we need to do when it comes to the Oklahoma Sooners. We're all assuming Dylan Gabriel is going to come in and just kind of be another Oklahoma quarterback who's going to light up the stat sheet. And Jeff Levy, his offensive coordinator at UCF, then went to Ole Miss, former OU, or, you know, is an OU guy, um, of course comes in and has a high-flying offense. And I'm not sitting here and saying Oklahoma is not going to score a lot of points. But Oklahoma did to a degree get spoiled when you're churning out Heisman Trophy winner after Heisman Trophy winner under Lincoln Riley. Now, can the defense be better under Brent Venables? Absolutely. Absolutely. But with the amount of turnover on that team and the amount of talent that was lost also on that team, there is a depth issue there and, you know, a straight shot, a straight swap of Dylan Gabriel for Caleb Williams is not one that most clear-thinking college football fans would take. So I do think Oklahoma, as much as, uh, you know, if they win the Big 12, I'm not going to sit here and be surprised by that by any stretch of the imagination. I also don't think that that's a team that should have the best odds right now of winning, or I should say winning the national championship from the Big 12 conference. That seems to me to be based on mostly brand name. Now, you talk about brand name, and uh, yes, Texas has very little business outside of the individual talent being on this list. The individual talent has been there forever for the Texas Longhorns. That has not been a problem for them for a decade and a half now. The problem has been meshing and gelling. And the one thing I wonder with all that Steve Sarkeesian has done this offseason, transfer portal, Quinn Ewers, everybody else that's been brought in here, uh, the five-star quarterback from Ohio State who is really from uh, the Austin area, but went to Ohio State, transferred out. He's now down to Texas. It, it's not a talent issue. 
It's an issue of Steve Sarkeesian, and do I believe that he is the guy that can, in this pressure cooker, turn this thing around this year? He's got all the talent. Can he make it mesh? Can he make it gel? And if you look at Texas' schedule, it's very much front-loaded. Right, you, you, you've got a stretch here to open the Big 12 where you have Tech on the road, then West Virginia, then you've got, uh, of course, the Red River shootout. Then it's Iowa State at home at Oklahoma State. I mean, those are your first five games in the Big 12 if you're Steve Sarkeesian. Now, remember, the Big 12, you can only lose one game and get to a college football playoff. A Big 12 champion, unless there's complete chaos, is not getting to a uh, college football playoff with two losses. You can easily find me two losses in those first five games. And by the way, they play Alabama in the non-conference. So you're really looking at having to either beat Alabama and drop a Big 12 game or losing to Alabama, and then you've got to basically go undefeated in the Big 12. So uh, Texas, just from a pure odds perspective, even if you're a Texas fan, it's a bad bet on this team because of that Alabama game as much as anything else. And then you go to Oklahoma State, and the Cowboys are third on this list, 76-1. Uh, to one. They, of course, fell short of the college football playoff last year, uh, losing the Big 12 championship game in incredible fashion. Just, I mean, literally down to a half a yard fashion against Baylor. And as much as I sit here and I uh, love what Mike Gundy continues to build, I, I can't feel good about it. I think Spencer Sanders is a nice quarterback. I talked earlier about game managers. But in many ways, uh, Spencer Sanders is a, I don't know, high-end game manager, if you want to give him that much credit, which I'm fine doing. And the schedule, by the way, is not ideal uh, for Oklahoma State. Their bye week is Saturday, September 24th. Then they've got nine Big 12 games in a row. They play three non-conference games, Oklahoma State, and then it's a bye week, Central Michigan, Arizona State, and UAPB. Uh, and then it's an off week, and then nine straight Big 12 games. Nine in a row. Now, it's pretty well balanced at Baylor, Texas Tech, at TCU, Texas, at K-State, at Kansas, and then Iowa State at Oklahoma versus West Virginia. But still, there's no break. There is no break in your Big 12 schedule. That's a bad draw for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And once again, you're talking about being able to only drop one game. And I don't see this being the year that Oklahoma State is only going to drop one game in this schedule and then go on to win a Big 12 championship. Knowing all that they've lost, Jim Knowles has gone as defensive coordinator, uh, filling in some of the leadership on that side of the ball. Guys like Malcolm Rodriguez, that is not an easy task for Mike Gundy, as incredible of a job as he has done. So that's why I keep coming back to Baylor. If I'm just looking for Big 12 odds, if I want to just play place a little coin, have a little fun on a Big 12 team to win the natty, I keep coming back to Baylor. Just from a value perspective as much as anything else. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you as we roll through another show. Coming up next, it's going to be a great week on the show. We'll tell you why, what we have going on, and what's going to be happening on the website next. And before we continue, could you take a solid 30 to 60 seconds? That's all I'm asking for. 
and leave a rating and a review on this show on iTunes, and we'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you leave a rating and a review. And send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. It's a great way to help out this show, keep us growing. We can do so much more because of you, and uh, we appreciate you doing that. So leave a rating and a review. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'll get you hooked up with a Heartland College Sports koozie. Thanks so much, guys. So as we continue on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet, I hope you've enjoyed uh, what we have going on with baseball and softball this season. Uh, You can always give us feedback on that anytime, anywhere, social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and just let us know what you think about our baseball and softball coverage. Uh, We have done more of that than ever before, and that's why – Um, those of you who support the site, um, support this show, whether it's on the podcast or the radio, you're making a difference because we continue to grow. It allows us to invest in things like baseball and football, baseball and, uh, softball coverage. And we're happy to do it because, um, you know, we believe that that fan base is there across the big 12 and we're doing things that other folks just aren't doing, um, with this stuff. So we're, we're pumped about that. And, um, we're grateful that there has been awesome support on this as well. So this week, our guy Brian Clinton is going to be at the college, the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City this week. So pretty pumped about that as we take the softball coverage to the next level. Matthew Postens was covering the Big 12 Baseball Tournament for us last week. Derek Duke has in many ways led that Big 12 Baseball coverage for us uh, this year. So we're excited about that. And regionals, of course, are this weekend. So we'll see how far the Big 12 can go. But we've got three uh, Big 12 teams in the Women's College World Series, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas. So it's going to be a great week, and we hope that you'll be watching and um, following along with the site as well as we you know, keep you posted on everything happening this weekend and into next week in Oklahoma City. And hopefully a Big 12 team or two or two will end up in the finals that would be exciting it is possible by the way of a bedlam final that would be really exciting all righty uh jamie pollard one of our favorite athletic directors in the entire big 12 this dude just doesn't uh hold back all right so he just lit up the ncaa lit him up and here's why goes to track and field During the men's 10K race, three runners were knocked down just after the 25-minute mark of the race, costing them time in the event and ultimately their chance at qualifying for next week's meet. The three athletes' coaches, Air Force, Arkansas, and Iowa State, all appealed the results and asked the NCAA to reconsider after the incident. But they declined the, the appeal, effectively ending the career of these three senior runners. Now, one of those runners was Jamie Pollard's son, Thomas Pollard. So he shared this whole uh, opinion piece on Twitter and he wrote about this piece that he just that I just quoted for you on Twitter. He said, if there was ever any doubt. The NCAA is tone deaf to student athletes. Take a quick moment to read the attached editorial and watch the two short videos below. And by the way, we wrote about this on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. He says it is really just sad. The NCAA refuses to do the right thing by student athletes. And he adds at the end of this editorial, 
It's time for radical change. Ironically, the NCAA will have no one to blame but themselves if the NCAA is ultimately eliminated. Wow. If the NCAA, says Jamie Pollard, is ultimately eliminated. The NCAA, uh, let's be honest, their value is lessened every year. They have very little, if nothing, to do with the college football playoff, the bowl game system, anything like that. They have completely lost control of any type of structure courtesy of name, image, likeness, which they chose to not really be a part of. They instead wanted everybody else to take care of it, and now it's the Wild West, and they can't rein the thing back in. The only thing the NCAA does well and really has value for and purpose of at this point in time is the NCAA tournament. But you could certainly have some different league, alternative league, handle that. And maybe there'd be some bumps in the road, but they could figure it out. But that's really it. All the NCAA does well at this point is put on March Madness. And they do a brilliant job of that, but that's it. And I believe the big dogs in the Power Five will eventually want to get rid of the Power Five. And then if you had the mid-tier folks like Iowa State also wanting to do that, it's a game changer. NCAA has got to be on high alert, and um, they're probably the last ones to know about it. Hey, before we wrap up the show, leave a rating and a review. Greatly appreciate you doing that, and I'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you leave me that rating and review on iTunes and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks for all you guys do helping grow this show. It really does mean the world to me, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.